Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Mr. Luke West. What's going on, Luke? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, glad it's uh, nice and sunny here in Calgary, and uh, that always makes the day start off uh, just that much it, better. It does. We do live in the land of, of blue skies, because if it does rain or snow, it'll probably be sunny in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all on board with our with our weather here. I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan of Calgary, Canada, Western Alberta, in Western Alberta in general. So I tend to be very positive, as everyone who listens to my show knows. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start. I'm a professional creeper. By professional, I mean I use LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn to creep people out before I chat with them on the show. We met through the internet. Like that's where I meet so many people these days. I love it. Um, right. LinkedIn business uh, dating for business people. Um, bu- building nerd tech founder, and the one I really love is changing the business model of construction. So let's maybe start with well, even bu- bu- yeah. building, and not even building nerd. Buildings nerd. So Luke, tell us. Just give us a quick. T- we got 10 floors. We're in the elevator. What is it you do? And more importantly, what do you like, what do you get out of the bed in the morning for? What, what are you passionate about, especially in the business, in the building world? Oh, oh gosh. Um, it goes way back. Um, my mom asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up and I was eight years old and I said, I wanted to be an architect. And then I went into high school and I really liked rugby and girls a lot more (laughs) and didn't have the grades to get into architecture school. So, um, I didn't become an architect, but um, I did go into engineering, and I um, found the buildings industry and fell in love. That's awesome. And um, so, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, looks at a brick building that built in 1914 and says, man, that's beautiful. And the other guy says, well, it's falling down. I said, well, yeah, technicality. <laughs> Well, maybe that's a good segue, and I might be jumping forward too much. So that building built in 1914 had a certain way it was built and a certain you know, process around it. You and I chatted on our first call, and you put forward the argument that maybe, unfortunately, not a lot has changed since, you know, not maybe that way, the how or what, and all of the nuances. I've had a lot of people on the show, and it's been said that the construction industry has been slow to evolve. And when you think of that building that was built in 1914 versus how we can or could, or maybe should be doing things today, 
I felt that that was a little bit of your angst or that space that you live in of like, wow, with all the way the world is changing, but yet we're still building that building the same way we did in 1914. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and my problem is not necessarily with the how okay. it's okay. built. It's, it's, you know, how if the buildings industry has evolved and we've got great new technologies in, in building science okay. and those are fantastic and they keep evolving and we get, you know, greener buildings and stronger buildings or mass timber and all those. And those are great. But what hasn't evolved in the last 200 years is the business model of construction. Oh, okay. Okay. So when we're we building science, we're talking about claddings. We're talking about the way the HVAC works. We're talking about um, lead certified buildings. So the way we've done that has improved, but okay, getting back into the actual business model. Okay. That's a good, I appreciate the differentiator. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's really what um, you know. I'm I'm a bit of a recovering uh, management consultant. <laughs> um, I, uh, I for the last almost ten years, I've been working with uh, within the buildings industry uh, as a consultant and more on the business of their business. So looking at the fundamentals of how the different players work with each other and how um, you know they build value and how they create value internally through their fees and, and whatever else. And I was working with a, a, a very large multinational engineering firm and they asked me to fix some certain aspects of the business. And at the end of it, I, there was such like in giant letters, there was a WTF. <laughs> okay. And I was like, this is messed up. How is it that one group or at the top of this giant pyramid okay. controls how everything gets run on a project? And the the and, and, and in this really poor construct of a pyramid in this industry how it brings out the very worst behavior <laughs> in, in everyone, right? And, and it doesn't matter if you're at the top of the pyramid or you're at the bottom of the pyramid. Everyone's looking to screw the other guy over so that they can protect what's theirs. And, you know, there's all these different silos that different organizations, different stakeholders within the buildings community are confined to. And so then I, I, because I'm a shit disturber, I guess, I, I kind of looked into it and I said, well, why does it have to be that way? Well, that's the way it's always been. Yeah, that's the answer. I hate, I right. hate that answer. Okay. That makes me want to blow, that makes ah, me want to blow it up. Drives me nuts. So, hey, question for you. Just again, I always come in with my more questions than answers, which is part of why I love doing the show. <laughs> um, how many, how many groups would be involved? I'm going to build a building downtown or I'm going to do a major, a major project and, you know, something big and something, you know, grandiose. How many stakeholders or how many different groups and not individuals, but, you know, oh. architects and plumbers and HVAC guys and gals and all kinds of like, is there, do you have a number just roughly? Is 50 different groups is it 765 like it uh, it depends on the scale okay. and the obviously um it can be hundreds or thousands depending on the project okay. um you know i i'm building a, a building right now in in edmonton um 20 million dollar project okay. and it's 
greater than 50, less than 100. Okay, no, that, that gives, so there's, gives me some context. So, there's, so I'm picturing this, this yeah, greater so than 50, less than 100. I'm picturing a pyramid or maybe better, or another way to say it is a command and control structure. <laughs> and But yet yeah. we're not even all on the same team. This is 50 different groups that are coming in that to your point, and right. I've heard the construction industry can be really brutal of like, well, we're going to hold that back and we're going to hold 10% from you and you're going to do this and we're going to put a lien on that. And it always sounded yeah. very confrontational from the outside. So to hear you say that, it kind of fits my narrative of somebody who's heard about it or looked, peered over the wall and went, whew, that seems like a not a friendly environment to work in. But ultimately, we're all trying to build yeah. this thing that there is a deliverable at the end. Like there is an end product that people can touch and feel and live in and work in. Mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I guess it, um, you know, I, uh, Charlie Munger uh, mm -hmm. put it best. He says, show me the incentive plan and I'll show you what the outcome looks like. <laughs> I'll show you how people will be. Right? I'll show you how people so, will behave. I always joke if-, if Or whatever, yeah. 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 No, I'm just, sorry, I'm not putting my own. I held, held on for me to correct Charlie Munger, but I always joke, it's like, <laughs> if you don't like shooting out the window, stop hanging the target in front of it. <laughs> like, look beyond. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry, not to, Tyler, don't write your own quotes. It's his quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I hear you. what, I hear what you. that yeah. meant is, is that if we're not aligned- um, in, in, in outcomes, then we're going to go after our own, um, whatever benefits us most. So we've got to figure out a way that we can align ourselves, uh, to get to that end point that we all want, which is a, a you know, a project delivered under budget and under schedule that has no defects and the people who use it absolutely love And I might say, if I may, profitable for the individual groups that worked on it. Because everybody still wants right. to, like, you got to take home a few dollars to make it worthwhile, right? <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And so now in, in the current construct of, of design and construction, um, mostly uh, design, bid, build, mm. um, which is the most common, um, we, we create the silos, we create the hierarchies, and we create bad actors. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really unfortunate because right now what we're seeing and, and what we're seeing is housing becoming unaffordable. It was unaffordable before. It's becoming way more unaffordable now. We've got a really big problem there. Um, we are designing our buildings to the least um acceptable environmental standards that are that are in the building's code because we can't afford to do better and so we've got to think about this in in a way if i i don't i get I, i'm going to start to rant a little bit here so bear with me but i don't give a crap about the latest little piece of prop tech that's out there that solves a problem within a broken framework. Okay, I understand. Okay, band-aids right? band band on broken legs, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and why go after basis point improvements when you can go after double-digit improvements by changing the model? Mm. That's what we are doing right now with Collegium.
Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. But I would say why is because one's way easier to do than the other. That's why I would, I, 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 sorry, I know you weren't asking the question, but man, I can, I can fix the cut on your finger way easier than like, I think I've got a pain in my chest. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I can't, I don't do that's complicated. I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> I'll just fix, I'll just triage this and then pass you off to somebody who maybe understands a bigger, more complex system. <laughs> Is yeah, there, is yeah. there like, I appreciate being the shit disturber and, and the WTF big, big <laughs> letters. Is there a willingness is cause you've got a lot of stakeholders and you've got some that have more quote unquote yeah. power in the, in the situation than others. Is there a willingness for change or is it just the, yeah, we should change, but we'll do it next project. Cause we just got to get some shit done now. <laughs> you, you know what? Um, people have created their companies in, in, in a way that has them being able to extract the most value in the current framework. That makes sense. They don't want to change. Those that have the most power, those at the top of this pyramid, don't want it to change. People don't want to give up power? What? Is that just, I think that's a, oh, I think yeah, that's a universal right. truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, because so they have a vested interest. Takes, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so what you, what you're seeing is, is, is a lot of the major, um, you know, multi-billion dollar, uh, entities, uh, they don't want to see it change. You know, if it, if it changes, you're eating, you know, you're eating their lunch, really. Um, they lose the power, they lose the control. Uh, and, and so what it is. So, you know, with, with what we're creating with Collegium yeah. is we're taking that pyramid and we're flattening it out. Okay. And that is the most efficient model. And then what we're doing is creating a process through which the stakeholders can come together on an enterprise platform with a set set of rules and a set set of processes and fantastic technology that helps enable the different pain points of each stakeholder. And we're delivering buildings, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to put numbers to it, but <laughs> you're about to though. <laughs> better, better than what is happening in the market now. Okay. Um, so how would you, if if, if, the, if the traditional which design bid build, which again I don't work in the sector, but I've heard that lots of times. How would this? Yeah. How would you call this versus that? If like, oh, is this a design build? You know, and, and Lucos, no, no, no. This is a process. Mm. I would akin the contractual arrangement as more alliance based okay and that's um and then somebody will say well that's kind of like ipd and i said well no ipd creates a lot of bad actors what's ipd well. just, to be, um, just to be clear what's um in integrated project delivery okay thank you yeah um alliance-based contracting actually came out of uh, australia and new zealand oh, okay and um used very successfully but again it it um it's a contractual framework where the stakeholders come together and are financially incentivized to deliver the project um, on or below budget, and there's um, and 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 they put their profit at risk. Okay, back to the Charlie Munger quote, kind of building off that that philosophy. Right. So they deliver the project under budget. They get bonused. You know. So they're so everyone's looking after everyone else's interest. We got mechanical talking to electrical we've got um all the sub trades are are coordinating with designers 
you know, um, because you've created, you created a shared fate, which I've often heard that, you know, people throw on the high performance team concept yeah. and they're like, without us, I heard a speaker recently mm-hmm. and he said, you know, without a shared fate, you can't have a high performance team. It's just impossible because we don't all align on that thing. So, cause again, I also know enough about construction. You no, know, like if you don't get your work done, I can't get my work done because I'm waiting for you to close right. up this or to do that. So I can do the, it is a sequencing and, of and events. And it's a choreography yeah, it's too, a dance, right? It is yeah. a dance. Yeah. That happens, right? Because you know it's 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 like a zipper that comes together, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and but I'm hearing so, what I'm yeah. hearing you say though also is that this is you're you're looking to improve this on a whole like this is in essence a, a perfect example of what digital transformation actually is when you bring in the technology to actually not just go let's digitize the way we already do things is like no let's use technology to actually do things different and better. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, and and I so so I think that the, the biggest the biggest um, transformation on this is um, our novel technology. You know, contractual framework is is one thing. That's one piece of this entire solution. Okay. Um, but how we design needs to change as well, because right now we're working off ninety percent of the industry architects and engineers are designing in CAD. Okay. Um, CAD, CAD goes back like 40 years, um, where if we were to create a digital twin, okay. now we're talking because now we can create a model that where I can itemize out every nut, bolt, screw, piece of concrete and everything. And I can take, take all those pieces. And, and, and when you build a build, um, a model, think of it as Lego. Yep. And in the software, each one of those pieces of Lego has metadata attached to it. This is a window, but is it a sliding window? Is it a crank window? Is it a fixed window? Um, it's all those things. And if you can put all that metadata into a model, then all of a sudden when you export out and you have this fancy Collegium software, uh-huh, nice. <laughs> you, can, you can actually put these assemblies together and actually bid it out. All, all without having an army of estimators or um, people asking you for drawings. No, here's the freaking model. Take mm-hmm. it. Right. So the accuracy and the simplicity go up simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, we and we did a little test. We did uh, a simultaneous test on on the accuracy of of our approach versus uh, a, a general contractor. Oh, I said it. Damn it. Um, our numbers. We're forty-two percent apart. Interesting. I'm su- like when it was when it was bid out, yeah. and then when the building was built, we were within one point two percent of actual, which is a huge motivating factor. Because I'm putting on my sales and marketing hat here pretty quickly to be like, it sounds great, and sometimes sounds great can be challenging to sell. As funny as that as that seems, when it's like, yeah. well. Yeah, I like this, but I'm just going to do it the way I've always done it. So when you're out there talking to companies, is there a fear? Is there a risk? Or is there an appetite to try to try something new? Or was that like you got to do a head-to-head comparison to actually kind of test it and see how it worked? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was, it was quite profound. Hmm. Um, but what what we're what we're in seeing in the market right now is this sounds too good to be true, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and so they say, do you have, do you have case study? Do you have, uh, can you show me data from a project? And that's where we said, you know what? 
and, and founders, myself and, and my partners, we said, you know what, let's, let's do a case study. Let's build our own $20 million building, put our money where our mouth is and show the world. And so we're creating, you know, we're, we're in process of, nice. okay. of that project okay. right now. And, and we're really looking forward to delivering that and, and, and showing um, others because we want to be very invitational to this. This has a level of altruism to it uh, because what, you know, here's a, here's a vision. What if we could take our, twin, or our um, $14 trillion construction industry and reduce the total cost of build by 20%. What kind of value does that add to the world? That gives us more money for school infrastructure, for um, you know healthcare, for all these things. Governments can hmm. can change their balance sheet. <laughs> it's it's pretty significant. We can create affordable housing that's truly affordable. Without needing charity or handouts or government subsidies. Or not needing to make it very poorly or to, like to do a poor job because you have right. to use low quality um, and then you don't meet your right. environmental requirements. I got I to pull on something. Uh, I'm going to double click on something. I heard that the other day. I was listening to a podcast. They're like, I'm going to double click on that. I'm like, way to bring the real the worlds together. I just liked it. It made me laugh. I was like, I, I, I oh, like yeah. to unpack things, but I'm going to double click this one. You use the word versus and I might be putting you on the spot on this one, but it was like our software versus the general contractor. Does this displace anybody or does this make people's lives better? Because they can be more accurate and be more efficient. It reorganizes the existing players into different roles within a, within a project. Okay. So I'm not saying what the person at the top of the pyramid, uh, that's not valuable. No, it just needs to be rearranged so that everyone at the bottom and at the top are coming into an even playing field. Mm. And we're working together as partners. Well, it almost sounds like a diversity, equity, and inclusion play for for the con for the contract. You know, for the construction sector of like, because yeah. oftentimes those hierarchies don't work for anyone involved. They've just been that way for so long that we follow along in, in the in the groove. Like, as you make this more yeah. inclusive, because everyone truly is in it together, and not it's not it removes the opportunity to screw each other, but the opportunity to actually win together. That it does sound altruistic. It sounds great, actually, <laughs> to be candid. But, yeah, and, and and you know what, like. I, I grew up in a single parent family and, you know, quite frankly, we were poor. Hmm. And I remember watching or hearing my mother cry at night because, um, you know, she wasn't making ends meet. And it, it was heartbreaking. And, you know, and, and I'm a 12, I was a 12 year old at the time. And I remember just that had a massive effect on me and that shouldn't be anybody, right? I, w I would love to see affordable housing being truly affordable. And that, uh, that's a major driver for me. And, and my partner is 68 years old. This is his opus. That's cool. He wants to change this industry for the better. He's not going to live long enough to, to see, um, you know, the major financial benefits that would benefit somebody that's in their 40s, mm -hmm. right? Um, this this is a, a really deep, uh, meaningful journey for the two of us together. Oh, and, um, and we've got some other partners as well. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're, we're headlong into this and, and my God, we're going to make it. Well, Luke, your, your passion <laughs> comes out in spades. So yeah, I'm curious, looking at what you guys are doing, obviously construction is a global 
you know, a situation and a global, it's been around forever. Um, you mentioned Australia. Do you look, is there other parts of the world where they're doing this better? Like where do you search for inspiration? And I understand you guys are doing what you're doing the way you do it, but I'm assuming you've kind of looked at and said, wow, I like a little piece of what they're doing there. And I like a little piece of that and brought it together. So what's, what's, I always like well, to look outside yeah. of our own little bubble, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and when we were, when we were looking at a way of uh, how can we structure contracts better, we looked to Australia for their alliance model. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, so we took that piece and we said, yeah, that's great. Let's put that as part of the, the enterprise solution. And then we said, well, um, uh, there's a few companies in the UK that are, are doing digital models to a high level of detail that allows you to extract information that tells you everything about a window. How many screw, how many, how many nuts, how many nuts and bolts and how much flashing and how much everything. Right. And, and if we do that and we add a little, of, uh, you know, software to it, we can actually do model-based project delivery and procurement. So there's a piece, of, there's another piece of that puzzle. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're boring there. So we, in, in essence, I and mean, you know, I was talking to Alice Reimer about this, she goes, gosh, Luke, Collegium is like, like ever technologies. Mm -hmm. You're not taking these, you're not a, a bunch of novel things. You're taking stuff that exists in the world and putting it together, together in a novel way. That I really, I really appreciate that because there's, I was, I was talking to a, um, a cancer, a biotech company out of Vancouver. And he said, he goes, you know, Tyler, you can come up with a brand new cure for something and that's going to take you 17 to 20 years. Or you can take something that's already been proven and just shift it a little bit to have a benefit in, a, in, an, in an adjoining area. And you can get that in two to three years. He goes, that's the approach we're taking because not only is it financially more viable, we can help more people faster. And not that this is like that, but I do appreciate going, we're not recreating a wheel. We're just taking a bunch of different spokes from other wheels and making a better wheel. And I, that to me, always feels like we've well, de-risked it just by that statement in my from my perspective mm. yeah yeah it, absolutely right and and it, it's it's having the vision i guess to kind of see how the pieces fit together not having the blinders on so that you know you're only looking at your own wheelhouse oh, yeah. um alan partridge who's my my partner um at next architecture um he had this vision of, of our solution in to back in 2008 before the technology even existed yeah. to be able to do it. Right. And so when we met uh, a, a few years back and started working together, um, we just said, by God, let's, let's do this because the technology is here now. So let's piece it together. And um, you know, we've, we've bootstrapped the crap out of it. Um, we, we raised a little bit of money, um, but now it's time to really, are ramping up on it and and like i said money where our mouth is we're doing a 20 million dollar development and this is an integral piece thank you excellent segue for like this is still a business and it still needs to be funded so you guys have bootstrapped it up to this point have you gone to market uh, you said you were talking to alice reimer have you been out there in the marketplace looking for who wants to get on board with this have you guys raised money what's that been what's that journey been like for you guys so far you you know what um because we play in this industry um, and, and we have a lot of relationships, there's, there's others that feel the same way. And so there's a national scale engineering firm that was one of our, our seed investors. Um, and there is a family office here in Calgary and they, uh, they've been in um, property development or land, mostly land development. 
but they own a bunch of real estate as well, and uh, they contribute some some dollars as well. And so we built our MVP. Um, the MVP is truly an MVP. That's awesome. It's yep. uh, it's got, it's, um, but it works. And we were so thrilled because uh, we we tested it out on the on the live project, and gosh darn it, it uh, it came together, and we're like, okay. Now that's the one, the one piece of the pie. Now we've got to start attaching all the different pieces that we were, you know, talking about. And, and there's, there's many different pieces, but um, yeah, so we're, we're very, very excited. And we're now looking quite meaningfully because now we have a revenue stream, you know, the, the $20 million project, you know, Collegium Technologies um, earns money from that project. And now we're able to uh, onboard um, a technical founder, which we didn't have in the past. Okay, we out- yeah. and and that was a, a bit of a downfall on our our side. That's a, that's we, a tricky piece for non-technical founders that have the idea and the and industry like industry expertise versus technical expertise. That's that's an interesting journey for a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of tech startups, depending where you sit, right? Because they're different skills. Yeah, they're often yeah. they're often and, different skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and you know and I, I'm very fortunate to have um, um, a, a, one of my better friends is is a senior tech exec at one of the unicorns here in in town, or, or and um, so he's you know he talks in my nice. ear, that's and good, gives me some suggestions and and whatever, and I'm very grateful for him. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it'd be great if uh, we could attract somebody of his caliber, but we can't. So yet, we gotta find yet, uh, yet, you. yet, yet. Yes. <laughs> yet. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, we're, we're really, really excited about um, how we uh, can can now have the resources, at least on a on a bootstrap sort of scale, mm-hmm. to go and find our our technical co-founder, um, and and then you know if the cards align and uh, and we feel that it's a good fit, then take on some investment from okay. um, you know a, a, a VC or, or or something like that. We're we're kind of reluctant to do mm-hmm. it because most don't understand our industry. Yeah, that's about- and they ask the questions that just don't fit, right? And um, you know, work foreign to them, and they're foreign to us. That's a really interesting, and because I've had a lot of guests on talking about, especially on the new show I'm doing right now called Follow the Money, where we actually kind of go down this road mm-hmm. of like, and so often the challenge is like, well, the people who traditionally invest in this space, also you usually, or whatever that space is, tend to do it in a very traditional way. And if you're really being the differentiator or the uh, the, the shit the server, <laughs> which, very yeah, absolutely, yeah. you almost have to find someone else who gets that almost more than the industry you're disrupting. Because, well, geez, I invest in this space, but only in a certain way. Ooh, you feel foreign to me. Me. That's an interesting journey to be on because you're you're inv- you're inv- you're breaking the mousetrap a little bit, and that's hard for some people to wrap their head around. And I, I get that, I respect that. Mm. Yeah, and, and and I think you know if I was to um, you know identify uh, like a, an ideal investor for us, it would be one that's willing to play, you know, wanting to be a shit disturber, yep. wanting yep. to be con- contrarian, um, but then also there's there's a, a group out there that tends to benefit most. That's the builders. Hmm. Like, hey, Trent over at Brookfield, um, you're building these, you know, 100-unit apartment buildings. Wouldn't you like to do that 20% better? Hmm. Um, you know, it, it's those kinds of, of things yep. that, 
Um, those kinds of relationships we need to build, we need to do a better job of it. Um, and that falls upon me and, um, you know, hopefully this helps get the word 100%, out. hundred percent. No, that, I love it. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I love the whole point of the show is bringing ideas and ways of thinking to people to go, huh, I never thought of it that way. Or geez, that sounds exciting. That's the whole point of the show. That's why I love having, so and anyone yeah. who follows me knows and, and, I have and, guests from all across the board because there's so many interesting things going on, well, globally, but in our province, let's stick here, especially in Western Canada, that don't always make the mainstream news. And it's this kind of disruption that changes our cards. Like, you know, you're building a 10, a 20 year change, but you gotta start, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I have a lot of uh, respect and admiration for yourself and what you've built with your podcast. Oh, thanks um, man, thank I, you. I've, like I went through the the episodes and I was like, oh, I got to listen to that one. Oh, and I got to listen to that one. And oh, I got to listen to that one. And and sure enough, I did. And now I get hassled by uh, um, by my significant other Emily um, about having my ear AirPods in all the time. So um, so thank you for contributing to my um, my relationship uh, degradation. No. Well, you know I'm. I'm just going to take a pass on even commenting on that because, you know, <laughs> I just put it out to the world. What you do with it is up to you, my friend. Yeah, I know. No, fair no enough. but no, getting this. Extremely helpful. Thanks, man. Thank I know. I, I really appreciate that feedback. It's a, it's a rabbit hole. I just can't help but go down now because there's so many interesting things. And someone said to me the other day, they said, how do you talk to so many people? Do you have to do a lot of prep? I said, well, after 225 episodes, I know a little bit about a hell of a lot. So it's, I find it makes for better because I'm like, well, yeah, I heard this three other things from this other person that tie into what you said. So how does it come together? And which is, I think what's happening in our province, all these different silos, the Venn diagrams are starting to get closer together, whether it's technology and construction yeah. or whether it's just, you know, investors going, Oh, you know what? I've never invested in that space, but I'm really curious what's going on. I'm going to go learn. I'm going to go learn about it. And maybe I'm going to put some money in that, whether it's a family office or a VC coming in from outside our market going, Oh, there's some stuff going on in this province. I better go, I better go check it out. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to miss out. That's when you kind of reach the nice yeah. energy. And I think we're getting a lot of that happening. And two years of doing this, like I said, the Venn diagrams are, are starting to be less like silos and more like Venn diagrams. It's like maybe the way to say it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm interested in, um, in, in your observations actually about the, the venture capital world. Um, are you seeing it as, you know, with, with so much going on, are you seeing it as being predatory um, at all? Or are you good, seeing good, it good being... Question. Yep. Like I, I've I've had some really great experiences and I've had some terrible experiences. Um, my partner Alan and I walked away from a very significant investment in Collegium because of some bad actors, and um, that was really tough to do. Uh, yeah, and I think that you, based on so, I'll give you my kind of Cole's notes. And again, I will caveat everything. My my perspective is very much tied to the people I talk with. People like, hey, what do you think right. about Alberta right now? I'm like, well, it's really positive because I'm I've talked to a lot of positive people. But what I'm hearing for sure, when you get up into the larger numbers and the more established firms, and the less risky you become as an investment, the more predatory the investor becomes. Is what I've heard, is what I've heard from everyone. Because well, geez, if you're like a sure thing. Well, man, I want all your deal. I don't want to share it with anybody else. But I'm also seeing a huge group of kind of seed, pre-seed, like early stage, kind of well before Series A, where they're like, no, 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 we need each other because I'm going to write a $200,000 check, but I need you to go write your 150 and you to write a 500. And now we can give this group yeah. a million bucks or even smaller numbers. It doesn't even have to be that big. I'm seeing, and I've asked this a lot, how competitive is it? And they're like, it's not at all. It's very collaborative. And we're all bringing each other in on deals for the smaller pre-seed, yeah. early, early stage stuff. With the larger deals, 
it's a little bit different from what I've, I've I had a lot of the smaller group yeah. on recently because I'm really understanding what's happening and that kind of boots on the ground, like gritty ecosystem from startup TNT yeah. to um, Matiquity to like, I can, you know, I've had so many of them on the show, yeah. very collaborative and very supportive of each other. But as it gets a little bigger and the numbers get bigger, it gets a little bit more competitive. And I just had a really good conversation with, it hasn't aired yet, but with Nicholas Beek from Helsum and they just raised 16 million, their series A, but yeah. bootstrapped to 16. And Nick was like, I was so petrified that we were going to somehow lose our culture. But he goes, I just took my time and did the work and goes literally duct taped myself to my office chair for three months. And we found partners that got us, didn't want to change us, were really supportive because yeah. there was a lot of people in there that I just was like, absolutely not and walked away. But like yeah. like dating, you got to go through a few kind of maybe, uh, maybe <laughs> afternoon dates at Starbucks on your Twitter profile to find the right partner. But there's a lot of people out there that are willing to align with your goals that maybe aren't, uh, that are not going to detract and, and not be adversarial even for you once you become, because once you're dating, you're once you're married, you're married, right? And that's a little well, bit harder yeah. to unpack. So I, I, I see it as a very collaborative and I think it is one of Alberta's superpowers and people give me a hard time. Like, wow, it's like that anywhere if you really get into it. I'm like, Alberta's really good at supporting each other and at the lower levels of the fundraising, I'm seeing it be very positive and the larger levels are still mm -hmm. just bigger business and it's a little bit more competitive if the deals are less and the, and the chances of success are higher. Yeah, I, and and my observation is is that, you know, it's it's really easy to raise a quarter million dollars, like yeah, really easy. Um, you can do that on the back of a napkin. Hmm. When you're looking to get a meaningful seed investment, there there lies the the problem because then you need to start like and 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 this I can only speak from my experience and so. We, we built out a, a performa and, and a timeline and everything like that, all the hiring and the development and the milestones and all this stuff, and we had a story to tell. And we took it to, uh, to a one organization, and they said, yeah, that's great. You're asking for too much money. And then we went to the next group, and we went, uh, and they looked at me, and, and these guys have you know, connections to uh, Silicon Valley. And they said, you're thinking too Canadian. You're not asking for enough money. <laughs> I've heard that before, totally. <laughs> so then, I'm like, okay. So then, you know, I took a, went, went for a, a third and they went, you guys are like, we, we love what you're doing. We love, you know, um, this is really, really great. Um, and then I said, well, if we went this way, uh, we need this much money. And then if we went this way and thought bigger, we need this much money. And they go, well, you're not focused enough. You haven't decided which way you're going to go. And now we're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so now we're just like, you know what? I'm sick. I'm, I'm honestly sick and tired. And I, I, I don't um, – maybe maybe it's just because I'm long in tooth now. I'm like I'm in my 40s. And, and I – I hate the song and dance of a freaking pitch competition. Oh yeah, that's a whole. Sorry, yeah, no, I'm done with that. I've done multi-million, even billion-dollar deals at uh, uh, in construction, and you're talking to me about doing a dog and pony show, and I'm done with it. No, <laughs> let's go and have a meaningful conversation about how I'm going to turn this idea into a multi-million or hopefully billion-dollar business, but I'm not pitching you. 
screw that. <laughs> Sounds like anyone who's ever had to do an RFP. Can't we just sit down and have a meaningful conversation <laughs> instead of putting everything in a document and throwing it over the wall and hopefully you like it and call me later? Like, uh, anyways. Right. Yeah, yeah no, there's I'm many. Well, Luke, what I'm really hearing is there's there's a lot of things in our world are broken and you're tackling the construction sector. So I appreciate that. And no, I, I appreciate just having a good dialogue of like, where are you guys at? And the honesty of like, it's a challenge. And I hope from an audience perspective, people joined in to learn about the construction sector and how to disrupt, but they're maybe walking away going, yeah, you know what? It is challenging. And you guys are looking at big change at a big scale, but you're still a couple guys with a dream. And I, I'm not trying to minimize it. I know it's, 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 it's more than mm -hmm. that, but there's a big gap between the napkin idea and the, and the years of experience to then making this work at scale. But you got to there's got to be a deep purpose, which I heard you loud and clear, or else it's just you run out of energy. <laughs> Something to be said for yeah. what gets you up in the morning. Oh, I want to make money. And okay, yeah, sure. That's great. You can do that in a lot of ways, but I want to change the world. And here's how I want to do it. I love the purpose that you shared yeah. there. That was powerful. It's good. Mm. Oh, and, I, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity to be able to you know speak openly about it. And uh, and hopefully it actually makes sense uh, <laughs> to those listening. If those are, you know, those who are listening um, are in this buildings industry and, and you want to have a meaningful conversation, hey, um, I, I'm wide open. Luke at collegiumbuilt.com. Oh, nice. Um, you know, I we, uh, would be happy to, to walk you through uh, what we're doing and how we're doing it. Very cool. Collegiumbuilt.com. You're on it. You're on LinkedIn, which is, I think, how you and I started dating. <laughs> it's it's yeah. business dating. That's my, I've been married for 20 years. This is as close as dating as it gets for me. But LinkedIn is my yeah. favorite dating platform, and uh, and the podcast is a great is a great is a great second date or first date to have with someone. So, Luke, thanks for so much for coming on. Yeah. I love your passion. I love your willingness and just openness to share that. Like to me, that's what makes the best content. Someone is like, yeah, I'm really passionate about this, but here's why, and here's what drives me. And I think it's important to understand because when things get tough, it's that deeper purpose that keeps us going. Because man, it, it always gets it always gets tougher before it gets easier, and then it gets tougher again and easier again. It's a cycle. It's a cycle of of it for sure. And um, Luke West, reach out, have a chat. That was awesome, man. Thank you so much. I'm really uh, you got my you got my head spinning about man. This does need to be better. You're not the first one who's come on to tell me that, but you're the first one who had mm. a, uh, had a real solid plan. And, and I kudos to you for that. Yeah, mm. it it really comes down to. Why go after basis point improvements by working within the existing model? Let's change the model so we can all do better hmm. gonna, and not be bad actors. I'm gonna read. Right? A, I'm gonna read a quote that you have on your LinkedIn page because I think it's awesome, and I haven't seen it for a while. But you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the old model obsolete. Our Buck, Mister Fuller, such a fantastic quote. We're gonna end on. We're gonna end on that. Luke, thanks so much for taking uh, the time today, and I look forward to uh, having you on six months from now when you can tell me about how that building's going and the money you've raised and all the success that's happening. Hmm. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Tyler. This was great. My pleasure. Thanks, man.